I mean, I've got um, a still picture of his face rather than a moving picture of his face. So. Oh, okay. It is handy when you can. I've unblurred my background. Is that better? Oh, that's better. Can you hear him at least? Yeah, I can hear him. Yeah. Unblur my background. Say I'm... you love me again. Hello and welcome to the NFL podcast with the smallest amount of actual NFL chat. We are the Long Snapper podcast. I'm Adam, the one-time guest who never left. Um, And joining me this week, we have making his 10th appearance on the pod and the sixth in a row. I'm not sure you can be called a guest anymore at this point. It's Rateus Johansson, which I believe translates into Irish as Patrick Jackson. Hello, Patrick. Good evening. Is that why I've never actually asked you this? Is that why you've got that Twitter name? Um, it comes from old games of being an absolute nerd and playing Warhammer Forty Thousand, where they all had fake Roman names, and Sven Joran Eriksson being in charge of England, and that being the name I used in Football Manager, and it expanded from there to be my just online name in general. Okay. I'm not Back sure I was expecting days. to answer. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> making his 19th appearance, who you just heard, it feels like a lot more. But I think it's still more than the number of wins the Niners have had in that period of time. Um, it's Rich, <laughs> Newman, uh, Rich Newnham. Hello, Rich. Good evening. <laughs> this is the I, last time I prepare anything. Am I, am I still guestular or actual regular now? I don't, I'm still not sure. I, I think it's, it's best to not specify. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even sure what I am. Unspecified um, random that keeps turning up. Yeah, yeah. Um, finally joining us, appearance number 80 for Mark Salen, God, which is, is 80. Uh, yeah, but when you think about the fact that this is the 100, 111th episode of the podcast, that's a shocking Bradford factor that you've got going on. And <laughs> we, we, we do need to look at that. Still um, too much, Mark. Yeah, that's, probably. That's, yeah. that's about seventy-nine too many, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello everybody, and yeah, this is the four of us with you this episode, one hundred and eleven, which means David Shepherd will be hopping around, and that probably won't mean anything to most of our listeners. Um, but but there you go. Right, we have a quiz to kick off. We do. Rich, you have it's, a quiz. I haven't done a quiz run. in ages, and it's it's been nice to have a bit of time off. Well, we we hope that your first one back when you do come back to doing them is absolutely spectacular and yeah. worthy of the break. <laughs> we'll see. Do you, feel, do you feel refreshed, Adam? I do, actually. I've been quite enjoying just taking part and not listening to the rules and then just messing about. And I think, did I win? I might have won last week. No. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> if we've learned anything from Kaepernick and Foles, it's that having time off doesn't make you better when you come back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Right, we'll let's get on with this. Polls, I'm sure. Right, Rich, what have you got? So, it's it's the rerun. We're going to we're going to do take 2 on the uh the same quiz but updated with new answers um of what you guys attempted to do before and failed miserably and no one scored any points. So, oh, yes. what, you're, <laughs> what you're doing is rehashing an old format 
And I am I am rehashing yeah. a format that you were so bad at last time that no one scored a point. And hopefully, Brilliant. hopefully this time I've rigged the first answer of every question well enough that you'll all score points at nope. least at a base level. <laughs> Bang on Bram for the pod. Good job. Yep. All right. So <laughs> I have got uh, Patrick first on my screen. So you are going to be first up on uh, on answering questions. Do you want? So we can do fantasy first and then reality second because reality is more important. So we'll come on to that. Uh, do you want QBs, defense, special teams, or kickers as your uh, as your fantasy round? Well, last time defense went really well, so let's go with defense again. <laughs> I thought you might say that. <laughs> All right. So Lamar Jackson. Sorry. Not Lamar Jackson. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Oh, so you got uh, the first question wrong this time. <laughs> I'm going to get every question wrong. Uh, <laughs> minus one to me, I believe, is uh, Quizmaster on that one. Um, <laughs> so defense special team. Patriots I think might win, currently Rich. have 191 points. Do the Eagles have more or less? Points allowed. Points. points fancy points. Fancy points. Scored. Oh, got you winning. Sorry. Um, I would guess... Eagles have less. Correct. Hooray, we have a point. Um, Eagles have 79 points. So do the Bears have more or less than the Eagles? Remember, you can stop at any time. Oh, so he could actually lose the point he's already got. You will lose the points if you get it wrong. I've got a lot of practice losing the points as well from that first quiz I did on the Jaguars. Um, well, based on last week, I should stop and bank the point. But I'm not going to. I'm going to say Bears have more. That would probably be enough to see to victory. Yeah. yeah. Fortunately, you're correct. Yes. The Bears have 85 points. Do the Chiefs have more or fewer points? I'm going to stick with two. You're going to stick with two. All right. What would you have said? I would have said Chiefs have more. Ah, you'd have been incorrect. Ah, so I've got good judgment, if not so, yeah. good knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if you deserve credit for that or not. You know, it's like, all right. So Pat starts with take two. the money, Chris. Yeah. All right, Mark, you are next up. Do you want quarterbacks or kickers? Um, I did so well at quarterbacks last time, so I will go with kickers. Right. All right. So Will Lutz has 121 fantasy points this season. Okay. Does Stephen Hauschka have more or fewer? He <laughs> seems consistent, Mark, at the minute, isn't he? He's Mr. Reliable. <laughs> um, given that Stephen Hauschka is currently, over the last two seasons, the most inaccurate kicker in the, in the NFL, I'm going to say he's got fewer than Will Lutz. You would be correct. He has got 74 points. All right, so talking of inaccurate kickers, Adam Vinatieri, more or fewer? <laughs> oh, now he's missed a lot. Do you do kickers lose points in fantasy for missing? It depends oh. on the format. Oh, it, this is ESPN PPR, Pro, so probably no not. idea. Probably, probably not. not for that one. Um, oh, I'm going to say that he's, like I said, Hauschka is is the most inconsistent. I'm going to say Vinatieri's got more points. 
Incorrect. Ah! <laughs> he, has, he has 72 fantasy points for the season. Awesome. So, Mark, you score zero on your first round. Yes. Adam, you have been left with kickers. Uh, sorry, with QBs. It's, are you going to start with Lamar Jackson by any chance? I'm going to start with Lamar Jackson on 321, uh, 329 fantasy points. Has Matthew okay. Stafford I'm going to go got... fewer. <laughs> I thought he was going right. to say, has Marcus Mariota got few more or fewer? Stafford has got fewer points. You are correct. 166.6. Jacoby Brissett, does he have more or less? Higher or lower? Yeah, see that one? I'm partly thinking about both of their respective injuries. I think Brissett only missed like a game and a half. So I, th- I think I'm going to play and say Brissett has got more than Stafford. You are correct. 167.9. It's close, but just just higher. All right. Pat Mahomes. <laughs> now, based on last week, I'd be, I'd, I'd be, there's something wrong with fantasy if Pat Mahomes doesn't have more than Brissett. So I'm going to say more. Correct. And I've got an awful feeling I'm wrong. No, you're correct. Okay. 213.9. All right. So here's the fun one. Jameis Winston. I'm not touching that. I'm sticking on three. <laughs> he's, he, I reckon he's got loads more, Winston. He, he might do. does not. He's actually lower, but only by a point or so. See, that's why I've got no points in this round. <laughs> it's because of the 7,000 interceptions. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to reality. Adam, you get first pick. QBs, defense or punters? <laughs> I really want to. No, I'm going to go punters. You went punters last time as well, I think. Yeah, I, I, my personality hasn't changed. Oh, surprisingly. <laughs> All right, so Lachlan Ed- Edwards of the New York Jets has 69 punts this season so mm-hmm. far. Does Andy Lee have more or fewer punts? I like the way you didn't specify the team because obviously we all know who Andy Lee plays for because it's so, it's they're, they're such a, such a famous punter. <laughs> Sorry, um, I should have I should have also included the teams because who the fuck knows otherwise. Well, hopefully not Adam because he's winning. <laughs> I would. Oh, I mean that's. Hmm. <sighs> I'm going to say Lee has actually punted more times. What? Incorrect. Yes. Yeah. Stuck on three. That's just, it's blindly throwing darts at a board <laughs> and you don't even know where the board is that, that round, isn't it? Correct. <laughs> if only you had control over the subject. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a vague memory of what the uh, questions were from last time out. Hey, runs on the board. <laughs> All right, Mark. Yeah. Defense special teams or quarterbacks? Oh, let's go for quarterbacks. All right. So quarterback salaries, contract value per year, average per year. This is what we had last time, or something similar to this. It was to do with bloody salary cap. It was cap value last it's, time. No, it's it's I'm unhappy about it. <laughs> if only you'd remembered what the quiz was. I'm glad I went for Pubs again. <laughs> All right. Russell Wilson. Thirty-five million dollar calorie uh, salary calorie value, calorie, calorie value. Calorie per year. I'll say calorie caps. Alex Smith, 
higher or lower? What? Sorry, what was the first one? Russell Wilson, thirty-five million. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, this is between me and you, Pat. <laughs> I'm. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I I think I, uh, Alex was it Alex Smith. Yep. Less. Correct. I've got the first point. <laughs> well, you might lose it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Alex Smith. Alex Smith's um, contract value per year is twenty three and a half million. Is yeah. Jimmy G's higher or lower? Oh. Um. Jimmy G. I've got a horrible feeling that Garoppolo's less, but there's no point in like not going for it. So might as well. I'm gonna. I, I'm. I think Garoppolo is less than Alex Smith. You're gonna go. You're gonna go lower. I'm saying low. Despite the fact that Jimmy G yeah. re-signed his contract last summer, and yeah. Alex Smith hasn't touched his for two, three years. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying lower. You are completely incorrect. Fuck's sake. <laughs> so, Mark, you finish yet again on zero points. Good, please. Please hear Loving it. Loving my quizzes, clearly. <laughs> All right, Pat, you're on two. Two to win, one to tie. Let's do it. Good luck, Pat. Two to win, one to tie. Defence special teams, sack yardage. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shaquille Barrett has... A league leading 14 and a half sacks for 108 and a half yards. Khalil Mack, six and a half sacks, higher or lower? That's got to be lower. Correct, 66 and a half yards. Miles Garrett with 10 sacks. I'd say Miles Garrett is higher. Adam, congratulations. Ah. Well, you play yourself some music. <laughs> I will. Thank you. <laughs> Shit quiz, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it would be better than last time. Oh, I did well, yeah, there were points scored. That was a magnificent quiz, Rich. Thank you. <laughs> I very, very much enjoyed the outcome. You back, back to back to regular scheduled Adam quizzes next week, then. Shall I? Shall I do one next week? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll uh, I'll come up with come up with something. I'll rehash rehash something that worked worked in the past. It's the best way. No, um, no, as I'm clearly running, <laughs> running out of ideas, let's be honest. Right, despite the intro, we're going to... Actually, no, before we get into reality NFL... Actually, this isn't fantasy, this is betting and, and more importantly, raising money for, for a good cause. Steve Brain's Anytime Touchdown Corner. Uh, before I get into this, I am going to mention that Kickers Matter are doing a couple of more things. I think they've got a DFS competition running this weekend they're recording a podcast tonight so keep an eye on their twitter feed or listen to their their podcast i'm sure they will go through there were loads of prizes that have been kindly donated by all sorts of people um so rather than me having not prepared anything try and remember what any of that stuff is um look them up and check out what what they're doing um he um as for as for steve he's i went to his his funeral on Monday um, at Loughborough Crematorium, which obviously was 
devastating as as you'd expect. Um, but I thought quite a the pos- positive's the word. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with positive. Um, the numbers, number of people there, and the number of well wishes. And I I came away with a sense that he's yeah he's left behind he's left behind his wife and son, but he also had they they also have a huge support network of of friends and family and um yeah i don't, i don't think they they're not on their own if that makes sense so okay so came came away with a sense of you know a really, a really good crowd there um nice to see see jack and and jamie as well obviously not the the circumstances you want um but um yeah i had a good, had a good time chatting away with them so yeah good to good to good to do that it was good to good to go his steve's work colleagues had um donated this framed patriots jersey and it's the only time in my life i've seen a patriots jersey and not wanted to be sick uh, <laughs> it was it was quite a nice touch they had like it obviously um being being from work had got the name the name boss boss one on on the jersey and a little little inscription there um donated to the family which is quite nice a few other things floating around um but yeah uh, some some positive things to come out of the come out of the day should we say it sounded like it sounded like his wife was um was very touched and kind of blown away by all the support um so that's i think yeah i think so it's it's, yeah that's silver lining yeah very well put and the the weird thing about that i think she i don't think she realized like oh she knew steve did a podcast um and like she knew he'd spend time chatting to his real friends on the <laughs> on the phone on a, a sunday night as we all do as I'll, I'll get accused of doing that um but i don't think she knew sort of quite how wide the network was or or how how generous it's proved proved to be since so that, that that's really really touched her and yeah she she mentioned that so yeah that was that was nice to see we're we're doing our, our little thing with this this weekly bet that's more embarrassing ourselves than anything else um, hopefully, unless Russ and Craig are going to weigh in, we've got more of a chance to win some money if there's just four of us. That's one way of looking at it this week. Um, obviously, we didn't win last week. I think I I got lucky in terms of I'm exempt from paying my fiver, but luckily for, for the cause, four of us aren't. So that'll be 20 more pounds there. Uh, we'll put another bet on this week. So let's get into that. Who, well... Who are we going to pick for tight ends, I assume? Um, Mark, who are you looking at this week? So I've been wholly unsuccessful with anyone so far. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So this week, I am going to go with um, Darren Waller for Oakland because my justification is if Jack Doyle can have loads of receptions and um and yards against the titans then a good tight end should be able to against them as well um so <laughs> to, to I... be fair to be fair if the colts didn't have ty hilton they didn't have eric ebron well who else Jack, do, who, else do oakland, was... who else do oakland have that's a good question darren, <laughs> darren waller foster moreau <laughs> yeah, yeah. more touchdowns than waller this season yeah don't I'm let go... stats get in the way of this yeah, go, darren... go, go with your gut darren waller okay darren waller. Um, Pat, what have you? Uh, what are you looking at? Well, uh, my number one pick was someone that Mark just mentioned. I'm going for Jack Doyle against Tampa. 
Yes. Four touchdowns this season, and Tampa have conceded seven to tight ends, so it seems like a reasonable bet to me. Yeah. I think that's a good shout, yeah. Uh, Rich? Uh, I'm going back to the same well I had last week, which is uh, Mr. George Kittle, um, who didn't come up trumps for me against uh, against the Ravens, but I think given the potential for a high-scoring game uh, between the Niners and the Saints, I would assume that if there's a lot of a lot of touchdowns being thrown around that he should get at least one of them. You're jinxing your own team. Yeah. Oh, we, we still might lose, but I think it'll be a high-scoring game. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not scoring any now you've picked him. <laughs> Can't block either, apparently. <laughs> I'm so going to go with a guy who did score a touchdown last week, but I fancy, I fancy his team to do very well. They're back at home and... They're playing the Lions. This will be the Minnesota Vikings. I'll go with Carl Rudolph, who was a lovely little one-handed grab against the Seahawks on Monday night. He's just stopped catching with two hands, hasn't he? Yeah, he doesn't he's need to. everything with one hand now. Yeah, doesn't need the other. You know, <laughs> just, just scores when he wants. Just like, Musa Sissoko, he scores when he wants. Now, time, about, yeah. that, that would be a nice time, Musa. Christmas has come and the Rudolph is, the Rudolph is flying. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so there we go. Darren Waller, Jack Doyle, George Kittle, and Carl Rudolph. Um, that's how you're going to earn your 20 quid this week from us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It would, it would be lovely if one of these came in. Uh, it that's, no. Never going to happen. Especially not if gonna... we keep not picking tight ends playing against the cards, but there we go. Oh, yeah, we should have done that. There's going to be one week where there's like they all come in except for one, and it costs us like 800 quid, and that one person will feel really bad. That's going to happen. I'm just not looking at the odds. No, no, there's no point. <laughs> there's no point. Um, it's almost like there's luck involved. Yeah. No, you're retired. Hey, hey! Pat's here, everybody. Tip your waitress. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. NFL news. In fact, I'm not going to go in the order I plan to. Nick Foles has been benched. Pat's here, everybody. Yeah, he played uh, what, two and a half games. He was benched about two games too late for my liking. Um, when he was coming back, I said, you know, it's the right decision to bring him back at this point because we've seen that Minju can beat the teams we should beat but can't beat the teams we need to beat to make a playoff run. And the only argument I could see for keeping him ahead of Foles was he's better behind a collapsing O-line and we have a collapsing O-line most of the time. And I said that between the Texans game and Foles' first start back from injury. Marone said basically that in his press conference as to why he's bringing Minshew back. It's like, well, if only if anyone could have predicted that who's seen a game of football this season. (laughs) The concern, though, is... is... That team's a mess, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Such what, a mess. what are they the the one asset that you felt or the the positive thing for the Jags this year was the emergence of Minshew when nobody expected that no one knew anything about him obviously but then you've suddenly got two QBs one of which potentially has trade value the concern is now I guess who who's going to want Nick Foles uh, assuming that the Jags decide to go ahead with Minshew and he may he may be kind of on trial the next few weeks. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. They've just gone through a situation where they d- they decided they wanted to see what they had with Foles. They've given him, what, a game and a half or whatever it is? Not long. And now they've 
bench him. We said at the time, what happens if he's not brilliant and they then decide to bench him and you just it becomes a fucking mess. And that's what it's become. It's, it's poor from the, the coach down um, because I, I still don't think you've set out what you wanted to set out to do, which was see what you've got in Foles because he's not got enough big enough sample size. And now all you've done is end up with two pissed off quarterbacks because one got benched from him in the first place and now the other one's been dropped mm. as well. It's a fucking, it's a joke. And that's that team is going to be wiped out from the top down. And the issue, the issue for the Jags is that they can't even cut him at the end of the season because they've still got 35 million or something in dead, dead cap if yeah. they do. So they've got to trade. only saying that because that was the next question that didn't get used. <laughs> I wasn't talking about dead cap. <laughs> no. You weren't paying any attention. Yeah, they've, they've thrown a lot of questionable money at people like Foles and Andrew Norwell and maybe Brandon Linder as well. It's. I don't even know who Andrew Norwell is. Well, yeah, he's the revolving oh. door in our offensive line. Okay. Everyone's everyone's got one. <laughs> If only you'd had a decent O-line and you could have just re-signed those guys. Yeah, if only. If only. And the thing is, like... Eric Flowers. And... The money that's been <laughs> dropped on those guys is money that they should be using to extend Yannick Ngokwe, who looks like an important player for the future of the franchise, but might end up leaving in the summer, which is, you know, that would be a big loss. Big, unnecessary loss. The, the whole thing is just its just such a mess. It's amateurish. I can't believe that someone like Coughlin is involved in decision-making like this. Um, he may not be for much longer. Well, no, well, he, he won't be for much longer. I think Khan is, is clearing house with all of them. But I'm surprised that he's signed off on the, you know, getting Foles back in. Because once you've made that decision and you've gone away from the person who became the like the fan's folklore hero... You stick with it for a while, surely. You at least if you're paying all the money, you see what you've got with him. And yes, he he was crap in in that game, but it's not all on him. And you've got to see what you've got with him. You've benched him now, and it's served. It it's done no one any favors at yeah. all. As I think that's a big part of the problem, as I understand it, is Coughlin wants Foles. Marone wants the best quarterback he's got, which isn't Foles, as we're seeing at the moment from from the evidence of this season and so there's a disconnect there and there's a disconnect between the people making the scouting and hiring decisions and the coaching staff and you can't have people brought into the club who don't fit what the coaching staff want to be doing if there's a disconnect there your draft strategy is ridiculous your free agent signing strategy is ridiculous and it's just it needs better coordination to make it work in a, as a functional team i got a question for for you then pat if if you somehow manage to trade Foles for a decent chunk of, of draft value, or even some draft value, do you think that Gardner Minshew is your franchise QB? Because he's, don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying watching him at the Jags, but he doesn't strike me as a guy who long-term is going to be the answer. I'd be happy to, I mean, I, I don't have a history of watching good, good quarterbacks play for my club, let's put that out there straight away. <laughs> I, watching Minshew is exciting and it gives you belief that we can win games and I think going forward with him and giving him a tight end that's like a functional human being and an offensive line that's decent that will step us forward to being a fringes of the playoff sort of team and maybe further and there's also like linebacker to address as well but he's not the biggest issue if he's retained in that team there's a lot of other things that we could fix going forwards with him I think so you think you can make the playoffs or at least challenge for the playoffs 
for a while if because I'm, I'm genuinely interested i've i've what i've seen of him he's been entertaining i just don't know that it's anything more than running on adrenaline and the backup qb and nothing to lose kind of you know way of thinking I mean, we got to half a game from the Super Bowl with Bortles, so anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, you can't lots, think lots happened since then. You're only potentially one defeat away from having like a top five draft pick. So maybe yeah. you'll t- maybe start tanking for Tua. Or, to be <laughs> honest, like uh, three Rams victories defeats away. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, Ron that was, Rivera. That was too much Jags chat, wasn't it? To begin with, it was. It was... <laughs> At least, I don't know how long we were talking about them, but it was at that, least double that too long. That many too long. Oh, we're yeah. going to be irrelevant for the rest of the season, so that can be the last one. Okay, mm. deal. <laughs> right, the Panthers, well, the Panthers aren't going to be relevant either, but they have just sacked their, they have done what Jack, Jacksonville haven't done yet, and that's sacked their head coach, Ron Rivera. I, I don't think it's a huge shock that they've done it. It's the timing, maybe. Um, but it was, there, it was there for nine years, and... I think their problems are deeper than their head coach, Rich. For for me, I'm genuinely... I'm not shocked that they are clearing some people out. I'm shocked that it's not the GM because I'm I'm not yeah, convinced yeah. that there's great amounts of talent there. Um, they've led on Cam pretty heavily the last few seasons and obviously last season or so, Christian McCaffrey's come to the fore, but with, with Cam becoming the injured shadow of his former self... You know, you you wonder whether there's there's really enough talent there to 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 really mount any kind of playoff run. You know, there there just isn't. There's nothing there for me that shouts this is a team that really is. You know, should be a playoff contender. Yeah, agreed. I think they feel a bit like the Steelers for me in that they're a team that achieve more than I expect, considering what they seem to have at their disposal. The thing with the, I think the thing that's got Rivera fired and not necessarily the GM is that the owner a couple of weeks ago was talking about how he doesn't want to be average. He's not interested in in having only a team that's average. And it there could be a relationship between him and the GM where the GM has managed to sell him on the talent that they've got because on on D especially they've got some talented players. Um Offense, like you said, they kind of relied on Cam to get them through. So the fact that the defense is failing almost as much as the offense this year, and that it's and it's Ron Rivera's defense. The fact that that's gone could potentially be the thing that's led the owner to be like, "You've lost the team. I think it's time for you to go." Um, and it probably is. It feels like after nine years, the message is, is lost and they could do with some some new words to, to get them through. But if he thinks that the GM has actually produced some decent talent in that roster, then that's probably why he sticks around. Um, whether it'll be there come the start of next season, who knows? But he maybe has just given him one more one more year and the, the chance for him to go and pick a, a head coach. Yeah, I mean, that might be the case, but I'm not convinced there's the talent there on on D that that they have had in the past there certainly aren't hitting the levels that they were before Keekley is obviously still one of the if not the best middle linebacker in in the NFL but I'm not convinced that that D line is what it was um I'm not convinced that the secondary is is as scary as it was certainly doesn't feel like the Panthers are a scary team to go and play when you're you know <laughs> the Niners destroyed them other teams this season have have gone to Carolina and looked pretty good against them. I just, I'm just not convinced that there's 
as much talent there as there could be. Um, and yeah, maybe it is time to clear house and start again. But I'd have started with the with the GM. But you know, politics. Not the right people don't always win in those situations. Yeah, in, in yeah. those in those franchises. Yeah, you can, you can see why you might make this sort of decision after the game they just had, because you know they were forty nil up against a really poor this season Redskins side, <laughs> and someone managed to blow that lead. So that's not going to give you confidence in your, you know, game managers, game planners. No, and that's not on the GM, is it? No, no, the GM doesn't call four plays on the goal line and not give give them all to Christian McCaffrey or at least three of them. Um, I going back to Cam. There's this perception that he's he's either done or he's. I mean, I, I don't know how he's going to recover from this this injury and how he's, how how surgery. that's going to go. But well, surgery okay. was announced today. He's going to <laughs> oh, have surgery okay. in the well, off season, and they reckon he could come back to being full strength Cam again. But who but knows? This, whether this that's is true. this is my this is my thing. So, I mean, I you listen to a few people who will who will tell you that well now he's lost his mobility. He's now just an average passer of the ball who can't make plays with his legs like he used to I mean I, I don't know I mean it, I've I still rate Cam or a fit Cam um, you could argue that Rivera's been you know he's had his yeah they've got McCaffrey but his other star player has gone down injured this year that's not the head coach's fault agreed um, so yep, agreed. It, it's it's kind of it's unfortunate and but it's it it probably doesn't just come down to this year either. You know, they've they've they made the Super Bowl twenty fifteen in in Cam's fifth year, and not really much since then. Cam's not so, going to use what he's got, which is you know his brain for the game, his brain for reacting to what the defense is doing and making great plays out of it. I think the the danger in being out with injuries and coming back is not even if you get back fully physically healthy, it's whether you're mentally capable of um, maintaining the, the the risk that you're putting your body under because once you've had the injury you know what it's like mm. and that nags at the back of your mind however much you are unless you're really really strong and it, it's it's always a concern with mobile QBs um, we we seem to we've said this several times this season about the Sean Watson Lamar Jackson how how long can their careers be playing the way that they do? It's it's maybe maybe just the re- reality that you know Cam Cam it's his it's his ninth year in the league drafted twenty eleven. You know, that's maybe the length of career that he can expect at a high level. I don't know, but I, you know, until we all my original point was we don't know for certain that that that's going to be it. Yeah, I I'd love to see him back in Carolina. I'd love to see him back. Genuinely, would love to see him back playing at a, you know, decent level again. Because he's want... he's another one of those exciting QBs. Yeah, you wonder, oh, you totally. wonder as well if that's um, if that's part of the the owner's thinking. Oh. If maybe he'd had a disagreement with the head coach, but not the GM about the use of Cam. It could be that the owner wants Cam back, and um, Rivera said no, we're moving on from him, and that's why Rivera's gone. Um, there's you know, there's there's a lot potentially that could be going on in his brain and cam is a big part of what's going to happen there i think and on the subject of mobile quarterbacks i think the nfl is set up these days to protect them and allow that career of longevity you know running and sliding you're not allowed to be hit so if you're smart about when you give yourself up 
then there's no reason it should be more of a liability in your career than not being a mobile quarterback and getting pummeled in the pocket. It depends how good I'll, your offensive line I'll, is. I always look at Russell Wilson in that regard. Uh, he's he's somebody who's had who's always had his legs as a weapon, but he seems to know when to slide, and more more so as he gets older. The difference between him and Cam, though, is that Cam will go for it on the goal line, and he will because he's big and strong and and built pretty heftily. He'll go for it on the goal line, and he'll take those hits on the goal line to get the touchdown. Whereas Russell Wilson's, he's rarely <laughs> ever looking for those big touchdown that, runs. It's more that he values his just, the just when you yeah, thought Rich was going to say something nice about Seahawks player. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I'm agreeing that he's smart, but he's more likely to make those like those runs in the yeah, open field to gain a first down rather than to try and, you know, punch in a touchdown. No, I, I, I get that. And then, yeah, knowing, knowing what your body can do as well. But going back to Ron, I don't think he will struggle to find a landing spot this off season. No, no, no I agree. For some reason, the Giants just seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah. Though. Pat was, uh, Pat, no, it wasn't Pat, it was Jack. Jack was saying on Twitter that he wouldn't he would love him at the Giants. And my instant reaction was, Yeah, that's exactly where I was thinking he might yeah, go. Yeah, it just seems to make just seems like a fit to me, like a a well known, respected head coach going to any coach worth their salt would want to go to the New York Giants. That's a decent run organization that just has had shit head coaches for since Coughlin left. And yep. you just think that a, a decent name in there, someone that can get that working as it should do, would be a success there. And it that just seems a fit. They can have but also, they want them. He'd also be a man that disapproves of any nickname along the lines of Danny Dimes. Oh, yes. He'd shut, he'd so let, shut let's that kill down, that. Yeah. <laughs> kill that straight away. I'd, I'd, I reckon there's eight or ten teams that would happily have Ron Rivera. The stuff that made... included, I imagine. Uh, a lot of the stuff that made me laugh that was like Sean McDermott is one of the highest up the betting to replace Ron Rivera at the moment. And I keep thinking, why on earth would he go there right now? Why? <laughs> why? It's ridiculous. They're a more fashionable team. No, they're not. <laughs> let's let's come on to that. Um, we have a... Oh, we'll just go there now. Why don't we go there now? Um, Mark, you weren't happy on Thanksgiving. We were... You know, the more than the usual four and a half people were watching the Buffalo Bills because they were playing the Cowboys on Thursday at half past nine in the UK. The whole media reaction, the whole reaction of anybody really who isn't a Bills fan is to just go, oh, the Cowboys were shit. Let's criticise the Cowboys. How's this look for the Cowboys? Oh, they lose, they lose to Buffalo. Oh, who are Buffalo again? Oh, yeah. How, what about, how, what are the, where do the Cowboys go from here? Uh, does it, how does this affect the Cowboys' season? What are the Cowboys going to do in the playoffs? Yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo Bills was that their opponents? Were they were they there? They they were there, and they they gave a pretty good and a more than a pretty good account for themselves. They yeah. they we, won we, a game of football in we, exceptional fashion. We destroyed and this is what them. You get. Yeah, um, well, as I said earlier on in, in the intro, this was actually Pat's point, but never mind, we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> because what you, what you say is right, and it's, I guess, I with the Bills, <clears throat> I see it in the other way than I do in, in English football. As a, as a Man United fan that gets all the coverage and is used to the, the spotlight and the media headlines and all that kind of stuff, as a Bills fan, you can see why fans of lower teams 
get hacked off with it when they get a result against a big team because you're right. It's I don't understand why there's this love affair with historically big teams in the NFL where you get them on consistently on on primetime games. The Bills didn't have they're the only team in the NFL that hasn't had a, a primetime game unless you count the they've, they've just uh, by the way they've been flexed into a Sunday night game. Yes, which, I have, which I thought I was a good move. About time. Get the charges yeah, out of yeah. prime time quite right too. Um, but they were the only team in the NFL this year that didn't have one. Everyone assumed that the Browns were going to be huge, so they had about twenty-seven. And... Well, well, funny you should say. Funny you should say that about the Browns. So that was that was the Titans example I had. Was week one this year with the Browns with all their hype and you know, Sky Sports picked that game in the UK. Um, it wasn't prime time in America, but it was. I think I think it might have been Jim and Tony doing that one, and. Yeah, everybody wants to know how the Browns are going to get on, and the Titans put smashed them forty three thirteen, and suddenly it's oh the Browns, yeah. the Browns ah. lost, the Browns, <laughs> and it's like no mention of hang on, no another football team has come in and produced a great performance and yeah. won a game of football, and nobody talks about it. No. See, see, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily even historically good teams or historically successful teams. It's the narrative going into the season that all these media pundits are trying to protect their narrative because the Niners obviously are one of the more, you know, like fashionable long-term historic teams. And yet they've had, or we've had almost no love this season until probably the last couple of weeks because, you know, the Niners haven't played anyone yet. Yeah. Okay. They're unbeaten and blah, 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 but still like, Oh, at some point they'll fall on their faces and and we'll see the real Niners. And I think that's that's true of the it's the kind of the reverse of the Browns, where everyone was expecting the Browns to be this fantastic, you know, the, a team that was going to do really well. And no one could let go of that narrative for at least half a season because they'd already, you know, spent so much of the offseason saying how the Browns were going to be this big team. And there's these teams like the Bills, like the Niners, that were unfancied going into the season that everyone's like, oh, they've not played anyone yet. It's different for the Niners because... It is, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to to equate the teams. But my point is that there's this narrative, it's the media narrative thing where they've got the narrative of "This this is how the season will play out and they've kind of sold their position on it. And so they won't move from that until it's absolutely almost set in stone that they have to. And the reason I raised this point in the first place was I was doing the pickums on like Wednesday last week, and I, like seventy-five percent of people had picked the six and six Cowboys to beat the eight and three Bills. And I was like, "Have you have you watched any games this season? Because the cow the Cowboys were a far less convincing side than the Bills have been consistently throughout the season." And then you saw like the the guys who were paid to give their appearance on TV, and they all picked the Cowboys. And you're like, "What have you been watching the last eleven games? Come on, guys." Yeah, and then you're talking about people like Adam Rank. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so the, 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 one, the one way I do look at it, though, is that it's selfishly, as a fan in the UK, 
not having primetime games is actually quite nice because you get to watch <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, that's it's not the point. It's not the point. <laughs> I, I know I know what you mean, but you get to watch them at six, right? Now that that game's been flexed to, to Sunday night football, I'm gonna have to watch it the next day. Did the Browns did sorry, did the Bills not even get a Thursday night football game this year? Except for except for Thanksgiving, that was it. But that was it was oh, the okay. slot, it was even the yeah. middle slot in Thanksgiving. They don't uh, even get the Jags Titans the like nope. Thursday night that everyone moans about. I've started. I've started embracing that though. It's become. It's it's almost like the only thing that the Jags and Titans fans pull together on is just like, just hamming it up and and playing up to the the stereotype of no one's watching us on on a yeah. Thursday night in and our mustard and baby blue uniforms. If you look at the coverage that the Bills and the Patriots have had this season, and you think that. Had it not been, had the Bills not fumbled on the goal line in a game uh, in Buffalo where the Patriots only scored nine offensive points, they would be leading the AFC East as we stand right now. And the difference in coverage that those two teams have had is like when you look at the standings, everyone's like, oh, there's there's the Patriots top. And they don't mention Buffalo at all, despite the fact that right now, yes, despite the fact that we're playing far better football than the Patriots are. I tell you, the Jets are on fire, so they're more noticeable. (laughs) (laughs) Dumpster fire. I sneakily think that the Bills might pip the Pats to the top of that division. Uh, The the problem, I I would, I'd say that there was a chance if we didn't have the Ravens this week. See, I think you could lose that and still end up at the top of that division. Well, we, it will come down to whether we can beat the Patriots because they're up an ultimate game. Okay, but I think the Patriots apart from the Bills as well. The Patriots. Well, let's let's go there. So, oh, I want to talk Sunday, about the Sunday night football <laughs> in Houston, and I I pick the Patriots to win because I almost always will because they generally find a way. But like from I watched the game in forty in the morning, and after about a drive from each team, I'm like, no, nah, that ain't happening. Houston are outclassing them big, and it, you know sometimes a game's obvious early the way it's going and the the scoreline ended up being quite close and it flattered the Patriots there was a bit of onside kick ridiculousness at the end yeah and yeah it it ended up being a bit of yeah Tom Brady getting his numbers up in garbage time seriously that's what happened this this was don't the 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 score is irrelevant ignore that the the Texans in the last five minutes stopped the Texans D stopped playing um the, this was as big a battering as you've ever seen the Patriots get. And this wasn't a fluke. Unless Julian Edelman is stood by himself on the field somewhere, Tom Brady cannot pass the ball to anyone. They've got He's got no options at all. At the minute, they can't run the ball. They can't pass the ball. They don't look like they've got a game plan. Tom Brady, whenever he moves, he looks like he's running through treacle. The offensive line isn't stopping anybody. That... Ran first down. Did you see that? It was hilarious. <laughs> it was, yeah, it it was, was hilarious. really funny. Um, it's that offense is in the bottom third in the league without yeah. too much of a doubt. It's it's shocking, and their their D was keeping them in games. And let's not forget they've had a pretty easy schedule this year, and they've come up against. Like you would probably say two teams that have been really good offensively and they've both battered them. And I wonder if as soon as they get into the playoffs, they're going to finally come up against teams that are good. And I think I genuinely, I think they're done. And I've said this a million times before and I've been wrong. 
But this feels different. This feels like Tom Brady is done. This feels like they don't have the weapons. And if that D can't keep them in games against teams with the best offenses, I think, honestly, I think they're fucked. And I, I am so happy. <laughs> Tom Brady would lose a race with Dwayne Leverock on that showing. It's hilarious. <laughs> the, uh, the, aren't they playing the Chiefs this weekend? Chiefs this weekend. I think that's what keeps the Bills in that race because. Yeah. Yeah, it's at Foxborough. I, I can't see them. And, uh, oh, I, I can't know. see them beating the Chiefs. I think I the Chiefs will see it as a revenge game, and the Chiefs are better than the Patriots. They're, they're a very good team. Yeah, and and that that defense is not great, but it's probably but it good enough to beat that Pat's offense. Completely, I think, it, I think it's going to. It doesn't like logic goes out the window though. It's I, I hate myself for it, but I just look <laughs> at if the if it was in Arrowhead, yeah, I'm picking a Chiefs win all day long. They're a better football team, but it just you just go. Belichick at home and you, all usually, the, of, no logic stays. Do you know? You know. Um, usually, I would agree with you, hundred percent. Because, like, like I said, we've been there before. Here, we've had this conversation probably every year that we've done this flipping podcast that Tom Brady's finished. But other years, they've had an O line that's been normally pretty stellar. They've had Gronk. They've had deep threats at wide Gronk, receiver. Like, they've had Element. This year, they don't have any of that. They've got, like I said, if Julian Edelman isn't free, he doesn't have another option. And Brady, you look at you look in his eyes; he doesn't know what he's doing. I've never seen him so hesitant. Yeah, he held onto the ball. I think was it an average of like three and a half seconds in this game, which is the longest in his career. Um, because he's got he, his his wide receivers can't get open. It's, we it's should give Craig some credit because he called this game exactly right in his one sentence preview last week. Don't give Craig. Any Don't credit. give Craig credit. Come on. <laughs> Just don't. Just because you're on the list, don't try and stay on the list. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we are. We're going to have to talk about things more quickly. Uh, this podcast could get very long. Right. Kenny Stills. He he was in the news, so he he's put out a couple of tweets about it as well. Um, but he he celebrated a touchdown in the game we were just talking about, and suddenly the words "cap" came out of his mouth and. The TV cover, the TV viewers didn't see anything else after that point. Is that about what happened? <laughs> That's the NFL. Pretty much. Yeah. America's still racist. And the <laughs> NFL's still a reflection of that. Yeah. Shocking. It's, it's a bad look for an organization that already has a questionable look in that area. And they don't do themselves any favors with their decision making sometimes. I, don't, I just think none of, none of what happened was in any way surprising. None of what happened was in any way right, but equally none of it was surprising. And yeah, well, no, I mean, no, div- no, no uh, job offers for Colin Kaepernick. I was going to say, last talked about it, have they? <laughs> it raises it raises the fact that there was this kind of big show and dance about we're getting caps and tryouts, and then that was a shit show, and it's all gone quiet again. But I mean, all of the backup quarterback play and the backup backup quarterback play has been really convincing, hasn't it? So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite. Uh, we we're going to sound like a broken record. Um, one other thing that seemed to be a trend in week what week have we just had thirteen is, oh, in fact, I, I forgot to mention that Baltimore beat the Forty ers but we can gloss over that because we're running out of time. Um, unless you want to analyze your no thinking. no okay. Special the, teams. That was too, it. Was two even teams, and I think the, the the thing that was good was that the the Forty ers showed that they aren't unbeatable. 
um, the predict your prediction was absolutely bang on that it was going to come down to a kick in the last three seconds. So well done to you. Um, and there was there was another prediction that was bang on in in last week's preview. Yeah, um, we're, we're, we're doing well, aren't we? It, if you like, sort of <laughs> we we need to beat the Colts. We can beat the Colts. We will beat the Colts. Yeah, I enjoyed that even. No, Did right. that really happen? <laughs> no, it didn't. Let's uh, move on. <laughs> well, I've got a segue on. The way that we beat the Colts was by returning a block field goal for a touchdown. And an incredible special teams play. There was a bit of that. Um, onside kicks. Do you see the Falcons-Saints game? They Falcons recovered three. two in a row. and um, <laughs> nearly, nearly came back and won. They were unlucky not to. Well, no, they weren't, but... You know, they pick yeah, Matt Shaw. Seventeen field goals in that game as well. So, like, maybe <laughs> yeah. just keep him as a specialist onside kicker and get an actual field goal kicker who can kick. See, I've <laughs> become convinced that since they changed the kickoff rules, where you you basically had to stand there like sitting ducks, and you had to stand on your heels, you were not allowed to run up with a kicker, and they tweaked some other things that onside kicks were never going to be recovered anymore. But they're changing the way that they're doing it now, aren't they? So it's not as well it used to be that you just kind of like dink it that little bit and hope the guys would run onto it. They're doing slightly different things with the way that they're kicking in it and the hope that it bobbles so that they get the time to go up there. And that's what's getting, that's what's making it happen. And I quite like some of the, the ones that Koo did where he kind of leveled it straight into the player so that it hit them and bounced back. I thought that was quite entertaining. So I, I quite like that. There was another the fact... one in the, there was a, a kickoff, uh, was it the Dallas game? It was Bears Lions where he drilled it straight at the defender and uh, recovered. That's it, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, where he just smashed it straight at the defender, kind of like you used to do when you were playing old school headers and volleys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to knock it off the pitch. It's great, and yeah, I think more of that. And I, 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 special teams has become fun because kickers are shit. They can't kick beyond forty yards anymore, which is great. And special teams are becoming, um, and onside kicks are becoming interesting. So more of it, I'd just get rid of like offense and defense and just kick it around for a little while. I, also, I, love, I love when a coach. Also, sorry, sorry, Adam. I was going to say the uh, the Miami uh, oh, lineup. Lineup. Oh, what brilliant. the hell? Like, I don't understand what what the uh, what who were they playing? The. Uh, someone else Jets, but it was a team in green the eagles you're eagles? right yeah like the eagles the way they lined up for that was just like what what are you doing this is clearly going to be an actual offensive play here line yeah. up like you would do for an offensive play people call that a fake field goal but it can't be a fake field goal if your kicker isn't behind where the guy would hold it yeah. No, it's a fake fail field goal insofar as it's that personnel that are on the field. But, yeah, they, but they, they're on. not lining up to kick a field goal, are they? Yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was disappointed you didn't get that far through the kickers because I actually had him in as the only kicker with a decimal point after his, uh, <laughs> his points tally. Oh, I didn't. That's a great shout. I love that. That's fantastic. It, it, it made me laugh the, the, other, the other week when um, the Patriots lined up to receive a punt without the punt returner on the field. And that was completely on purpose. And the Cowboys got so confused by it that they <laughs> took a delay a game penalty because they couldn't figure <laughs> out what was wrong. <laughs> well, what am I meant to do? Just kick it to no one? Well, yes. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett um, I think we know what's coming. Yeah. I, honestly. The other year where the Seahawks were receiving a punt and they ran all the defenders to the opposite side of the pitch that the punt had gone to. 
So oh, all they the offensive the block somewhere else. Yeah. So that the yeah, yeah. And yeah, well, you have you you're have the your team receiver. Who kicks the ball, so you know where he's kicked it to. So you, why would you just go? Well, he's obviously kicked it to the left by accident. So we will just leave that completely open for them to run a touchdown in. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been done a few times where you've got you'll have your returner returner will fake to go for a catch on one side and draw all of the uh, all of the defenders that way, and then you'll have a gunner run down on the other side, catch the ball, and then and then get like 30, 40 yards before anyone's realised what's going on. I saw a really good one in college football. It was quite a few years ago, so I'll, I'm going to try and dig it out on YouTube. But they, the basically the kick went up in the air and no one blocked. Almost the entire team went back to where the kick was and they were in a circle around the ball. The point was no one knew who'd picked it up. So they had to like... And then the entire team started running down as though they had the ball. And, um, and th- so they, the other team didn't know who to tackle. It was great. College football is mental sometimes. Yeah, crazy. The, the, I, as- I am... the aspect about this is that a coach, a coach deserves, whether it's a head coach or special teams coach, they'll deserve the credit for spotting something. Now, the, the Seahawks ran a fake punt on Monday night where it was, it was clearly planned. They'd seen, something, they'd seen something about the way the Vikings are lining up for punts and we're going, oh, okay, we'll snap, just direct snap to a, the... Uh, running back position, fullback position, whatever. Um, the Titans ran one last season against the Texans in a game where Blaine Gabbert was starting. And it's like, it, it goes back to the old Colts Saints Super Bowl where the, the surprise onside kick, because you think you've got to steal something somewhere. And the Titans picked that game, I think, because Blaine Gabbert was playing. And they, they'd spotted that the Texans weren't lining anyone up against the Gunners. Um, and you look at you look back at that play; it's ludicrous. And it's like a wide open receiver. Okay, we'll throw you a touchdown pass. Simple as simple as that. The Texans won't ever do that again. Um, probably no other teams will. But you 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 see you watch film and you see something. You know, okay, we could exploit that. And that's that's where I just love watching coaches work through that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm completely with you on that. I I love all the all the trickery and things like that. And it has felt like the last couple of seasons that trick plays, or at least in the games that I've been watching, there's been a lot less trick plays and fake punts and things like that, where, you know, the last few weeks we've started to get a lot of that back and it's great. And I love it. So more of that, please. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, right. I, what sure. I think we've kind of covered most of what I was uh, planning to, to mention um we could look we're, over ahead an to... we're over an hour already aren't we so we better crack on oh <laughs> uh, we know actually we didn't we messed about for 10 minutes before we start recording we might be okay and okay. um, we'll try and keep it to under an hour and a half which we practically were again <laughs> last week <laughs> um hey ho you love it listeners don't you you're not with us at this point are you no, I... <laughs> week 14 we're about to have and We've we've prepared some previews. They may last one sentence. Should we get into those? Well, there's no Craig, so they will last one sentence. We'll, we'll see. We'll we see. <laughs> right, let's kick off with Thursday Night Football and Dallas at Chicago. Dallas will win and everyone will vote their number one offense and Super Bowl credentials, despite the fact they're just a mid-table NFL Man United. <laughs> Two one winners today, thank you. Yeah, all right. Um Indianapolis at Tampa Bay. Adam Vinatieri, just retire, please. Nice of you to keep going until after the Titans visit, but now just go. You're done. 
Leave. Get out. Miami at New York Jets. Craig is near, so no one cares. <laughs> San Francisco at New Orleans. Another huge clash in the race for the top seeds in the playoffs. Detroit at Minnesota. Must win territory now for the Vikings to maintain their pace in the NFC wildcard race. Shouldn't have too much trouble here, though. Denver at Houston. Denver's third-choice quarterback versus an almost fully fit Texans. It's a bloodbath. (laughs) Washington at Green Bay. It's another bloodbath. (laughs) It really feels like Green Bay's schedule has been kind to them, let's say that. Cincinnati at Cleveland. The Bengals probably won't manage to win two in a row, but it'll be hilarious if they do. <laughs> Baltimore at Buffalo. Hmm. Well, nine and three was good while it lasted. Pray for snow, maybe in Buffalo. No, I'm not even sure that would stop Lamar. Carolina at Atlanta. Is Carl Allen even worse than Matt Ryan? LA Chargers at Jacksonville. Only the fact that Minshew is back under centre for the Jags makes this game even slightly interesting. Tennessee at Oakland. Titans on the up, Raiders sliding, so a home win in the black hole, I'm sure, is on the cards. Kansas City at New England. Strength against strength when the Chiefs have the ball, weakness against weakness when they don't. Anything could happen here. Pittsburgh at Arizona. I predicted Cards and Browns to win last week. When teams are mediocre, anything can happen. Seattle at LA Rams. Yet another team that could beat the Seahawks, but won't. (laughs) And finally, New York Giants at Philadelphia. Oh, great. The NFC East on Monday Night Football again. Fuck off, NFL schedule makers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Absolutely, bloody exactly. Well, it's an extremely relevant clash going into the play. Oh, no, no, wait. Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Do you know what? Is that Eli Manning is going to start in that game by the looks of it. <laughs> Daniel Jones has got a niggle and sorry, Danny Dimes, and so so Just the return no. of Jack's gif with the with the rings coming over over the top of Eli's eyes, which we all love. You can't see enough of that gif. Do you, want, do you want to hear? Can I just chuck in one stat about the Patriots that I forgot to mention earlier on that I found really funny? <laughs> yes. Mitchell Trubisky has a higher completion percentage than Tom Brady through the first 13 weeks of this season. Wow. Oh, I don't know what to. Don't know, that, that just. I don't know what to think. <laughs> to be fair, Mitchell Trubisky has uh, Alan Robinson. That's probably the only reason for that. And he has he has a defense that. And the Patriots offensive. Miss you, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) That applies to Hearns and Robinson. It sure does. It sure does. It's still raw. All right, let's do some any other business and we might get out of here under an hour and a half, maybe even under an hour and a quarter. We'll set some records. Mark, you're a bit chipper after Man United beating Tottenham tonight. that's worse than your mood by bringing out whatever rant you had in you. <laughs> no, I don't really have. <laughs> oh, I, don't really okay. have I don't really have a rant today. Um, I, it was just a story that I saw online, and I don't know if it's new or old or whatever, but it made me chuckle. And right now, I I like um, things that make me chuckle. Um, so, following on from Boaty McVeigh, I, I don't know. About- 
<laughs> Following on from Boating at Boatface, um, apparently the people of Doncaster were asked to name their council's new gritter. Um, <laughs> they've been brought in. And um, that, that obviously they didn't think about it. They thought they were going to come up with something good. But no, they uh, the people of Doncaster are brilliant and decided to name it Gritsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Anti-Slip Machine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed Gary Gritter was overlooked. <laughs> <laughs> David, David Plowey did come in second. Nice. <laughs> Um, oh. And yeah, I saw that. Is that our first ever Gary Glitter mention on this podcast. <laughs> it can't be. <laughs> Definitely can't be. And to be honest, with all that, you know, with fucking Trump in this country and elections and shit going on, like don't, don't get Tim, my Tim, don't get Tim, my Mallet, play on words is the type of content that I am uh, that I'm here for at the moment. Excellent. Um, my my wife's been ranting a lot this week about as she works for she works at. Hertfordshire County Council and yeah it's been a pain in the backside around Watford where he's been staying you know, roads being closed manhole covers welded shut that sort of thing not interesting just thought I'd uh, add that why do they weld manhole covers shut I don't know stop surprise people popping out of them and shooting him I guess oh fair enough if anything they should be left open surely like wide open oh. <laughs> I don't know for a fact that they were welding manhole covers shut, but that's the sort of thing they, they do, I'm, I'm led to believe. Maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. Security <laughs> and all that. People know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've got to find other ways to sneak sneak yeah. into the, the road. Sorry, snipers. <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to go... Manhole there. snipers. <laughs> yeah. That must be a thing. Maybe it must be. If it's not, I... it should be the name of a band. Oh, why, why do we always... Go weird in any other business. <laughs> what up is next, that? The ma- up next, the manhole snipers. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I have two. I have two things. Sub dive in Bristol. He'd go and watch that concert. I would go and see that while drinking some black ale that I'm jealous of. Have you finished that? No, right, still going. I'll finish my beer and the next one's out of literally, literally out of reach. This one is about 10%. So. Right. I'm going to get to my any other business because I have two. So I'm going to go next. I've, I, well, I'll just do them both. Um, Aaron 20, here we come. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Bob Willis, England, former England fast bowler, died today. Or I assume it was today. It was announced today. Um, that made me sad. I didn't even know he was ill. And I gather from... Reading between the lines, he had prostate cancer and hadn't, well, I hadn't made that public, had been, had been working until at least the end of this summer. Uh, yeah, that saddened me. Absolute great of the game, obviously, of headingly 1981 um, in that Ashes series back then. It's, I'm too young to remember it at that point, but um, both of them is famously credited for that, for winning that test match. But a lot would argue that Willis's bowling performance when Australia are only chasing down barely 120 to take eight wickets um, is is what did it. Both of them set it up. Willis won that game. Um, he became became a pundit for Sky Sports for many years, famous for being having this sort of dour persona that would criticise anybody. But I don't think that's it's to say that that's the sort of guy he was couldn't be further from the truth. He would he would have that reputation, but he'd get there by doing it all with a tinge of humour and 
to say that he didn't to say that he wanted the England team or any players to fail would be absolute nonsense. He would be quite the opposite and a proper supporter of of the England team. He didn't Just, suffer fools. No, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, you but, could see from you could see from there because I tuned when when the news came up on my phone earlier on. I, I tuned into Sky Sports News, and you could see from the way that the presenters were talking about it, and one of the the girl who was due to be on at the time, whose name escapes me, but she's been on Sky Sports News for a long time, um, couldn't even talk, and so you could see the affection with which he was held by the the team there that weren't even necessarily involved in Sky Cricket. So from a from a playing perspective from a presenter and an analyst perspective and he was clearly a really nice bloke as well um so yes real shame and and the key the how you know that to be true is the players a lot of the the players who he would criticize still clearly liked him yeah you see all the footage of him doing impressions of him and stuff oh yeah it's brilliant oh yeah yeah exactly um and just yeah, just a really, really sad, sad thing for cricket. We've lost a lost a good bloke there. Agreed. Um, my other any other business is much more trivial, and I can't wait for this any longer. You mentioned Mark that Man United had beaten Tottenham two uh, one tonight last week. Uh, was it last week? I was at Tottenham for a home game, and uh, with with my fellow partridge loving friends sat sat next to each other there was a conversation was a harry kane had a free kick that hit the roof of the net in such a way that where we were it looked like it had gone in so the stand everyone around you jumps up and you're then thinking of if you recall raheem Sterling's shot in the world cup in brazil it hit the side netting against italy and the, and every tv viewer around the world thought that's a goal and so we talk, we're talking about that, and then he, he says, "Oh, well, yeah, the, the World Cup in Russia." And I thought, "No, it's in Brazil." And I just, without, I just stop getting the World Cup wrong. And um, at that moment, the two guys in front of us, who we'd interacted with a couple of times, but not not partridge related, just sort of said hello or whatever, and one of them just went, "Clang, clang, a lang, a lang, a lang, a lang, a lang." Clang-a-lang. <laughs> it just descended into partridge for five, ten minutes with complete strangers. It was just superb. <laughs> See, that's what the country needs. It needs comedy and humour to bring us together. It does. It does. Absolutely. <laughs> More of that. Yes. Um, who's next, Rich? Yeah, uh, I've got uh, just two quick ones. So the first one is... Um, I've been being told by American friends for years now that I need to watch a show called Community and always struggled to find it on Netflix or Amazon Prime. It's now available on Amazon Prime and I'm smashing my way through it and it's fucking brilliant. So go and watch it. It's great. Um, and the other one is I you discovered... You do when you don't have work to go to. Mate, we've discussed this before. I'd do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um and the other thing is the... Okay, so I've been watching the Amazon Prime Premier League games last night and tonight. Um, and one thing Long I've discovered... podcast brought to you by Amazon Prime Video. <laughs> the one thing I've learned is I cannot go on Twitter 
while I'm watching Amazon Prime because the delay means that I see all of the goal updates from journalists at the ground before they actually happen, which kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit. Yeah, it's the same with same with Game Pass. Is it yeah, true? I never, Sorry, I never had that. Stop your phone while watching a game. It's a good tip anyway. Yeah, that's true. Is it true that it takes community about 17 episodes to get any good? Uh, I've been enjoying it since pretty much the start. It's, I think it's, it feels like it's hitting its stride now. And people have told me that seasons two, three are significantly better than the first one. Um, but I was, I was certainly enjoying it throughout the first season. That's good. It's fun. It's, it's a little lightweight, I think, in the first season, but it's fun. It's, it's one of those things that if you've got that someone who you trust. So if ideally, if someone else comes and tells me to watch, watch community. Well, one of um, our mutual friends is well, the one that's been telling me. So, <laughs> okay. Um, I jest, but yeah, if, so if you've got that recommendation and you think, oh, the first two or three episodes, okay, this is going to, this might be a hard watch. If no one's recommended, you're probably going to bin it. Yeah. But if someone says, if, if someone that you trust on that says, I'll oh, see it through, you'll get rewarded. Parks and Rec was the classic for that. Yep. And yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the other thing is they're only twenty-minute episodes, so you can kind of smash through a bunch of them, and then it's not—it's not like you have to commit four hours of your life before you even know if it's going to be any good or not. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Pat, I think we're of a theme tonight in that we're all kind of pushing things that are entertaining and distracting you from terribleness. I want to shout out two things that have given me joy this week. There's a guy called Mr. Michael Spicer on Twitter. He runs a... That name rings a bell. Yeah, he he runs a a series called uh, The Room Next Door, where he's sitting as a kind of speech prompter or behind interviews of people. So he's done like Prince Andrew recently and Boris and Trump and stuff. And they are hilarious and really well done. So he's got a YouTube channel where he puts them up and he tweets them out as well. So check him out. That's very entertaining. Um, The other person I'd like to shout out is a guy called Daniel Hardcastle. Uh, He's on Twitter and YouTube as NerdCubed. He's been doing gaming videos for years and they're very entertaining if you like that sort of thing, which I do. Um, but it's particularly topical now because the last few years he's done a series of um, crap advent calendar unveilings. And so every day a little five, <laughs> ten minute video comes up with him and a guy called Stuart Ashens having this who's got the crappest advent calendar off. And that's that's a very entertaining YouTube series as well. So check out um, NerdCubed on Twitter and YouTube. And uh, it's on the Extra Ashens channel on YouTube is where this calendar's going up every day. Full of positivity. I like it. I like the positivity. I'll do my best. That was a weird AOB, wasn't it? No no one got angry. No. That about does it for this week. Unfortunately, um, Mark, Patrick and Rich were all too immature to let me finish this podcast respectfully. And there was a lot of messing about and nothing worth hearing, quite frankly. Tempted to talk about the Titans win over the Colts for about 10 minutes right now. But I think even I don't want to hear that or do that at this point. Uh, We will be back next week. Bye for now.